0: South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. 19 after 7, good morning. The Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy, Gwede Mantashe, has now formally released the Integrated Resource Plan, essentially how our government is planning where our electricity will come from. The plan predicts they will still be load shedding for at least another four years, but already some analysts have suggested that the plan is not based in reality. Professor Anton Eberhardt is an energy policy and investment specialist and advisor. He joins us now. Professor Eberhardt, good morning. Thanks for your time.
1: Yeah, good morning, Stephen.
0: You've already been critical of the plan. Why do you believe it's not, was the right phrase correct, not grounded in reality?
1: Yeah, well, already you've said that it's an admission of failure, an embarrassing uh, admission of failure, uh, saying that for the next four years we will fill out high levels of unserved energy Uh, I mean, that means that we won't have enough supply to meet demand and and hence more load shedding. And then, you know, it fails to fulfill its declared purpose. Uh, It says clearly it's there to ensure security of electricity supply while minimizing environmental impacts and costs. And it it really just doesn't do that. Uh, It's no indication that this is a least-cost plan. Um, It it looks more like a uh, stitch-up, in my view, with predetermined outcomes very much in line with what the Minister of Energy has been advocating. You know, over the years, he says, we need uh, we need ESCOM's uh, plant uh, uh, performance improved. Uh, we've never been able to do that. Uh, he wants to delay coal decommissioning. That's what they do in this plan. Some hopeful ideas about clean coal and, and nuclear energy in the future, and lots and lots of gas. But very very little renewables, right? I mean, they actually, between 2024 and 2030, envisage that only 4,700 megawatts of new solar PV and wind will be procured. That's a fraction of actually what was in the 2019 plan, where some 15,000 uh, megawatts of solar and wind was envisaged to be procured between now and 2030. So in effect, we we're going backwards.
0: Um, Only 4,000 megawatts of renewables when in the last, as I understand it, the last sort of 18 months or so, um, uh, independently of government, people have procured around 4,000 megawatts of of solar-powered electricity.
1: Yeah, this is is our only hope now, is is that the private sector picks picks up the balance. Um, I mean, you know, the most significant uh, regulatory reform that we've seen in recent years when the president said it was no longer necessary for projects who seek a license from NERSA, and that now means NERSA and, and and the minister are no longer gatekeepers to the market. So we'll see the private sector picking up quite a lot of this, but we still have this very significant transmission constraints. so government still has to come to the party around relieving that, and in that respect, this unbundling of the transmission and system operator... It's absolutely key to the sustainability of our electricity system going forward.
0: You suggest there's a bigger role for gas in this um, in in the integrated resource plan. There's a huge argument about that. Uh, do you believe there is a big role for gas in our future? Do we need gas? It does it is a fossil fuel, but it's the sort of least polluting fossil fuel? Yes, I think we do need
1: gas. Uh, I mean, gas emits about half the carbon uh, that coal power stations do. Uh, As we uh, uh, increase the the proportion of variable solar and wind, we need other flexible resources, storage, batteries, but also some gas, which can respond quickly and flexibly uh, when when we don't have solar and wind. So I'm broadly in support of that. uh, But this this plan is big gas, not not small gas. Uh, They envisage some 7,000 megawatts of new gas uh, coming online. And what all the modelling shows is yes, we need the capacity there, but we don't need huge amounts of gas molecules. In fact, you'd want to put more solar and wind there, which are effectively cheaper than the cost of gas to to save, uh, to, to to basically save on gas costs, and then just have the capacity there when when you actually really really need it uh, when uh, when you're not having the the, the solar and wind at, at, at the levels that are required.
0: Do you believe that the integrated resource plan, as it was published on Friday, is actually going to be implemented? Or is the world just going to change dramatically in the next five years anyway in the energy space?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good question, Stephen. I, uh, you know, at the moment, the plan is determinative, right? So it, it provides a framework for the Section 34 determinations where the minister says so much will be procured from such resources in, in this time. And and, and and these are the people that will buy it. Uh, the new Electricity Regulation Act uh, uh, refers to the Integrated Resource Plan as indicative, and in my view, that's that's the right direction. That it broadly sets a framework, not this framework. We should have a, a much more ambitious and and progressive vision going forward. But it sets the broad framework within which then different actors uh, make make their investment decisions. And you're quite right. I mean, I, I think this, uh, we've seen such huge rapid innovation in the system now. Uh, cost competitiveness of these new uh, renewables and, and storage technologies that essentially economics is going to drive our clean our uh, transition going forward.
0: Professor Anton Eberhardt, thank you. Energy Policy and Investment Specialist and Advisor, you with SFM.